0: Finally, finally somebody said it out loud. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots the other two teams in town that I cover, the Penguins and the Pirates, and I hope you'll give those a chance as well. Deontay Johnson, speaking with reporters, said the following, and I'm going to quote directly. I've been knowing how Mason plays since my rookie year, so it wasn't nothing that I was expecting for him not to do. I kind of had high hopes of him doing what he's been doing when he became the starter. Like I said, hopefully he gets the job next year and do what he's got to do, but he did a great job, in my opinion. End quote. I mean... I don't know how many different variations of this I've heard, how many I've been told directly myself, and I've shared more than a few of those with you over the past, really, if you think about it, three, four weeks. Even going back to Mason's very first start against the Bengals when he did something on that field that we just hadn't seen from anybody in a long time. But the players, being who they are and being in the environment that they are and knowing that their head coach was taking a public stance of his own that Kenny Pickett remains QB1, wouldn't have anything to do with it on the record. And it got so funny. And I apologize for those of you who already heard this, but it got so funny. That I'd ask somebody a question, just not even fishing for stuff, just, you know, what have you thought about Mason's play? And I'd get this really politically correct thing about there are two quarterbacks here and we trust them both and everything else. And the moment I would turn off the recorder, whether it was uh, video or audio, they would say, come on, man, what do you think? You know, I mean, that that's what I was getting. And so by the time the locker clean-out day happened, and still nobody had piped up on any kind of meaningful profile, I really thought we were going to enter this off season with that just being a hidden thing. Until this. Now, Deontay made this statement on Tuesday. Uh, it was in front of multiple reporters, but it, it didn't really get any traction until yesterday on social media. That happens sometimes. And then once it did, Deontay, who's no stranger to social media, tweets out the shrug emoji as if to say, you know, I said what I said, and he wasn't about to apologize for it. I would not be surprised to see this become more of a thing. Now, it's not going to be a, a torrent If you think about who's on that offense, uh, other than Deontay and Najee Harris and maybe one or two others, you don't exactly have guys that are going to be crazy outspoken. But I'll tell you this, I could see George Pickens saying it. I could see different types of settings where even some of the more buttoned up guys on the offense would feel compelled to comment on the record the way they do off the record. Now, what does this mean? What influence might it have over Mike Tomlin, Omar Khan, Art Rooney? My guess is that it would be minimal, but it won't be nothing. And here's why I say that. It's not that Deontay would say something to reporters. It's that they already know how Deontay feels. And no, you don't cater the offense to Deontay, so don't go down that route. But they also know how all the rest of them feel they know what these guys are thinking they know what these guys are saying inside the building and infinitely more important than either of those they know how those guys responded say it with me in stadiums because that's actually what happened there was a chemistry that was formed we saw that that's not even an opinion on my part There was production that had no precedent for this offense and that, in fact, ranked among the NFL's very best over the past month. Also not an opinion on my part. There was a football team that got into the playoffs that never, ever, ever would have done that had it not been for Mason. Not really an opinion on my part. I think we could all agree on that. But there also was something to which I'm not qualified to speak on. And that's whatever happened between these guys for them to begin believing in each other, to begin believing in some cases in themselves again and their own ability to do their own jobs after walking off the field losers and defeated and mocked and booed for the better part of the season. And I heard from these guys over this past month that everything tracked back to their quarterback. Everything tracked back to Mason. I also want you to hear and listen to this carefully. This was Mason's response when I asked him in Orchard Park about whether he had proven anything to anybody with his own play as a starting quarterback over that month. Mason, do you feel like you've shown something over these last four weeks? something you have shown something over these last four weeks and shown NFL quarterback starting quarterback yeah I think um, you know when I go back and look at the, the totality of the tape, uh-huh. I'll get a better feel for it but I think I think right now uh, obviously we, the plan was to come here and get a win and yeah. it fell short yep. <laughs> it fell short to a great team but uh, I, I think I can say I'm, I was proud of what we as an offense put on tape these last few weeks, and um, just the way we, the way we celebrated, the way guys cheered for each other, whether the run game was, was working, whether the receivers were uh, rolling, I mean, it was just a it was just a, we, had, we had chemistry, we had belief, and uh, love for one another. Look, I knew full well. The instant that I asked it, that he was going to answer about something related to the team, but I did not see the end of that response coming, the emotion with which he spoke, the way he, to be honest with you, kind of almost lost it there. Something happened. Something happened for this offense to produce the way that it did over those four weeks and to have everyone involved point back to the same guy. Once more from the top of Mount Washington with a bullhorn. Don't be stubborn about this. Don't be stuck five years in the past. And don't, for crying out loud, attach something as insignificant as college allegiances to this. You have a QB1 in the house. He just showed you that over the equivalent of a quarter of a National Football League season. When we come back, J1Q. Exciting news from Live Casino Pittsburgh's Poker Room. Join them this month for an $8,000 cash drawing on January 21st at noon. Don't miss the Westmoreland 300 Multi-Flight Poker Tournament starting January 23rd with a $25,000 guarantee prize pool. Seize your chance in the daily high-hand hustle promotion. The first 10 high-hands went up to $200 with a second round from 6 to 10 p.m. More action More winnings only at Live Casino Pittsburgh's Poker Room. Visit LiveCasinoPittsburgh.com for details. Also, be sure to follow Live Pittsburgh's Poker Room on X at LivePokerWML for promotion and tournament news. Today's J1Q comes from Patrick, who says, Come on, TK, Aaron Curry isn't safe. Respectfully, he's probably the only one who should be safe. Patrick's referring, in case anybody missed yesterday's episode, to a kind of a sideswipe remark that I made that all of Mike Tomlin's coordinators and coaches should be scrutinized as part of the offseason evaluation that Art Rooney has to oversee. And uh, you know, I knew the... Split second that I blurted it out. That oh, God, there's got to be somebody who's really obvious. That listen, when you do an evaluation of the scope that I genuinely hope Rooney undertakes. I mean, I hope he takes this thing a lot more seriously than to just look at. Hey, look, we won ten games, uh, even though we had all kinds of uncertainty and injuries. We made it into the playoffs. There, don't don't do that. Don't do that. Don't hide behind that. A lot of stuff went wrong. A lot of underlying stuff went wrong, unless Najee Harris and other guys are lying about that, and I don't think that they are. So yeah, Aaron Curry was a a miracle worker, you know, with what happened at his positional room with the inside linebackers. Aaron Curry, funny story, by the way, go back to, this wasn't... This was between training camp and the start of the regular season. So that portion of the preseason where the team's on the south side. And I was talking with Curry one-on-one. And I remember playing this at the time, this audio clip for you guys. And I had asked just about the outside view of how troubled this team was going to be at this position. Now, remember, at the time... Cole Holcomb was your main guy. Landon Roberts and Quan Alexander were going to kind of pick up the rest as they went along. And he was, he wasn't mad. He was indignant. There's a difference. He was like, what do you mean? Like, why would I care what anybody thinks on the outside of the guys that I'm coaching, the guys that are in my room? And he promised me that they were going to get after it, that they felt like it was going to be a strength for them. And it was until... Holcomb goes down, then Alexander goes down, and then even Roberts ended up getting banged up over the long season toward the end. But along the way, Curry had to teach people off the couch, to borrow the phrase again, including Miles Jack and Michael Walker and Mark Robinson and a bunch of others to just try to get by at the position to survive in the middle of the field. Ultimately, they didn't. The Bills, to their credit, saw that Jack was going to be in coverage against Dalton Kincaid. That was that, you know, that was a mismatch and a half, and Buffalo was smart to seize on it. But Curry did a terrific job. There are others who would fall into this category. Eddie Faulkner, and I'm talking about now as a running backs coach, is immensely respected in that room. Pat Meyer seemed like he kind of got his act together once Matt Canada was gone, which makes you wonder about a lot of things that might have occurred in there. Meyer, of course, being the offensive line coach. Danny Smith and his special teams had a good year. I don't think even people who've been critical of Smith and his work in the past would have much of an argument there. There didn't end up being... The splash, I think that a lot of people had hoped for coming out of the preseason and seeing some of the exciting punt returns in particular by Calvin Austin. But more than anything, what you want to see from special teams is a lack of mistakes. And every once in a while, go ahead and block a kick or two or three. And with Miles Killebrew being an all pro. That's also got to be a feather in Smith's cap. So, yes, of course, there are guys. I'm not suggesting they're just going to, you know, push the plunger on the process. You're going to see guys stay. I just think that everybody has to be scrutinized. And that's the point that I wanted to make. There can't be any more playing favorites with this sort of thing. I appreciate the question. I appreciate correctly, fairly being challenged. On what I said yesterday, I appreciate everybody who listens to Daily Shot of Steelers. Mike Tomlin's press conference is at noon today. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow.